Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been a child counselor and play therapist for nearly 20 years. I'm also a mom, and I learned many of my lessons from my own children and my children clients as well. This has informed my parenting as well as the parent coaching that I do as part of my clinical practice. I recognize in working with thousands of children and their parents that there are some simple principles for parenting. I will cover more than 20 principles for blissful parenting so you, too, can have freakishly well-behaved kids, whether they're in your home or your classroom or on your team, in your dance class, whatever. These principles are simple and life-altering. You'll change and enhance the relationships you have with children, how children behave, and how you feel about yourself around children. They'll even improve your overall parenting esteem. In this podcast, I'll talk about a specific principle or lesson and how you can apply it. There will be special guests that will further our conversations about parenting and children. You'll want to stay tuned for my upcoming book, Blissful Parenting, and check out my website, www.jodyannmullen.com, and follow me on Twitter at Dr. Jody Mullen. Okay, so for today's show, I'm joined by my friend, sidekick, mental health counselor, play therapist, mom, grandma, and frequent um, guest on uh, Freakishly Well-Behaved Children, <laughs> June Rickley, and today we're addressing how to get your kids to be helpers. Welcome, June. Hi, Jody. Thank you. <laughs> um, just a couple of reminders for our audience. Um, when June and I share stories related to our clinical work, we've made all efforts to disguise any identifying information. So any kind of likeness that you may hear is just a mere coincidence. So we just wanted to remind you of that as well. And um, one more thing before we get started to talk about how you can get your kids help, which I know you want to know about, um, is that I'm really excited to tell our listeners about Naughty No More, which is a workbook I created with my kids and my husband to help kids make good decisions. It's available now. It's easy to order. You can do that. Um, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or even just call and uh, get a copy straight from our, um, our our office and we'll autograph that for you if you ask. Um, we'd love to. My kids get a huge kick out of that. And our office phone number is area code 315-342-9255. And if you missed my husband and I talking about um, how this book came to be and what are some of the cool things about it, um, Check out the archive podcast from about two weeks ago. Okay. Well, June, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, so the idea behind today's uh, today's podcast was really um, we wanted to talk about how to get your kids to help, which is, and I know this might be surprising to some people, a win-win situation. Um, it's a win for us because we're getting them to help, and we really want them to help, especially with things like chores and around the house. 
but it's also a win for the child. And I think that um, sometimes we, you know, um, miss seeing how it could be a win for the child, and that's where it doesn't work out so well. So we're going to talk about some ways to get your kids to help. We're going to talk about why kids really do love to help if it's presented in the, you know, correct way. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about age-appropriate helping, so you don't ask your two-year-old to help you with the same things that you would ask your 12-year-old to help you with. Um, we're going to talk about what does not work, and June feels like that's her specialty on this phone call. Oh, so I feel <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and, and a little bit of what it, you know, really takes as a parent or as a teacher um, or whatever adult role you have with um, with children to really get them to help in a way that allows the situation to become a win-win. So with that being um, said, let me start with just talking about um, why children love to help. So we'll get that out of the way, and then we'll talk about some of the ways you can get them to help um, and, and the key factors that are associated with that. So part of the reason that children love to help is how it makes them and so regardless of if they can articulate that or not, children love to feel helpful. Um, and so like, I think we all know this. We get a real charge out of, feel, out of feeling like we've done something to contribute to our family, to our, you know, to, like for us it may be our workplace or, um, you know, a community kind of group. But for children, you know, that could be their classroom or something, you know, um, that also can be community kinds of groups, Boy Scouts, whatever they're involved with. But that is a really good feeling to kids. So we, we want to be able to give them opportunities where they can feel helpful because it makes them feel part of something. It makes them feel proud. It makes them feel successful, like a contributing member, of you know, of a bigger, of a bigger group. And for, I would say, especially for kids who um, may not have a lot of family that lives around and, and those kind of opportunities um, to be connected to, like, their larger family, then this is, you know, even something that um, has bigger ramifications for this. So helping for kids is a way that they kind of learn about how important they are in connection to other people. Um, you also have kids who are just real natural helpers who want to help, um, not necessarily, like, with um, emptying the dishwasher, but they do want to help other people. And so I, I also want to use a really broad definition of what we're talking about as kids as helpers because, for example, my daughter is not even remotely interested in helping, like, pull weeds, for example, but she is interested in helping um, people who um, are suffering, you know, with... Um, like with some particular kinds of ailments and that kind of thing. So she wants to, like, run a 5K where the money is going to get donated, you know, to, let's say, hospice, for example, but she does not want to help pull weeds. And so so part of it is really, like, being able to listen to and appreciate what your kids bring in terms, in terms of what kind of help they want to do. So that's an important part before we even get started. But they, they do love to help because of the way it makes them feel. There are all these positive, um, affirming feelings that come with helping. Okay. June, did I miss anything there, other things that you would say kids get out of helping um, that I didn't talk about? 
Uh, I'm sorry, Jody. You cut out for a second. I couldn't hear you. Oh no. Okay. I asked um, if there's anything else as I was sharing that that um, you could think of that helping does for children um, that I left out. Um. No, I I I don't think except for just um, that like the things that they do when they're younger to think of how that. Um, it's not just simple things that they do to help when they're younger and, and that's where it ends. It's kind of like how those simple things they do when they're younger plays out in the big picture of life. And I think that's where, um, you know, I, I know years ago with raising my own kids, I, I kind of forgot about that. Like how this is not just a simple, um, it's, it's, let's see, I guess what I mean is how it plays out when it started young in all kind of stages of their life. It kind of sets the stage for for um, just the way they're going to be, the way they're going to view the world, the way they're going to view their role in the world as they get older. Does that make any sense? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, June, it does. Um, oh, I, that's amazing. That, <laughs> <laughs> the way that I'm taking it is it's like it allows them to know you know, it, it allows them to know that they are they are part of something bigger, and that they can, even though they might not live anywhere where you know a tsunami um, hits, that they can be helpful to people across you know across the world, or they could um, be helpful to the person who lives next door just by bringing their you know their newspaper up off the, the driveway when it's raining out. You know, something really really simple, and then that contributes to how they you know, negotiate their world as teenagers and then even as adults. So um, that's what I took out of what you said. <laughs> Good. Good. You said okay. <laughs> that's what I wanted to come out of that. So <laughs> Perfect. So, so part of, like, getting your kids to help is knowing, like, what kind of help you can ask for and make and, and encouraging them to get to be feel part of a team and feel connected to something bigger. So when I am, and I'll keep using the same example because I think it works pretty well, when I'm asking my daughter to weed and I know by um, that she's huffed and puffed and rolls her eyes and given me all sorts of uh, nonverbal cues that she doesn't want to do it, um, but I still would like her to help that way, then I have to figure out, well, how do I get her to do that? Um, because I know she doesn't want to. So there's going to be some things where you ask your kids to help, and they're like, yeah, you know, they're excited about it. But I think we're talking here more about the things that they're not so excited to do. So, um, well, how can I make that more appealing to my daughter? Well, I know my daughter loves the music. So what if we brought, you know, the, you know, some music outside where we're doing the weeding and we had that, you know, going well, we did it. Or make it time-limited so that she doesn't think she's going to miss her whole day being outside um, weeding while she has other things that she wants to do, or she hates weeding, so she doesn't want to do it for long. So I might ask her to really do a very short period of time, even though she's 13 years old, I might say, I just need you to do 10 minutes of weeding with me. And I think the with me also becomes um, an important part because that's it's a moment of connection, you know, with with me as her parent, you know, or in other circumstances you can think about how that would work. But you have this time limit, you have this connection, um, and you also are trying to bring in anything that would, might make it more attractive, 
you know, like, oh, we'll play some music while we're doing this, or, you know what, when we're done with this, then we'll go do this. Or, you know, or if you help me with this, we do a lot of this in our home, I will help you with this. So um, so I might say to my daughter, if you give me 10 minutes of your time to do weeding, then I would be happy to give to help you fold your own laundry, which is something that, you know, she has to do. So having a trade-off there, I think, makes it also more more attractive. So you want to look at different ways that you can do that. And how you know this, and this goes back to something I think, June, we've probably mentioned in every podcast, um, is you really have to listen. And, and one way of listening to your kids is by watching them is to figure out, like, where you can go with that. That makes sense? Yep, that makes perfect sense. I love when you said, like, make it time-limited and because then they um, they know exactly um, from the start what is required of them, um, how much time is required of them. And I love the one hand washing the other that, okay, it kind of, if if you help me with this, then I will help you do that. So it kind of encourages that um, that type of behavior that, you know, we all help each other. That's right. And, and I think, like, a lot of times, like, in our family, um, just as an example, is we, I go back to, like, we work as a team here, you know, and so and then I can always come back to that. The, another thing you can do with time, which really works well with younger kids, is make it a contest. <laughs> so if your kids are yeah. a little competitive, <laughs> and especially with each other, um, that can work to your advantage. And so I'll say things to you, like my son, like, how long do you think it would take for you to put all the silverware away? Let me time you. Do you think you could do it in less than 30 seconds? And, I, you know, we sort of <laughs> make that, like, you know, like a, a contest, you know. And he doesn't get anything for being able to put away all the silverware from the dishwasher in 30 seconds or less, but he'll say, like, what, what was my time last time, <laughs> you know? Um, and mm-hmm. so if you have a little bit of that spirit, you can also bring, you know, bring that out in them. So, again, it goes back to are you paying attention to your kids and know what they would, you know, appreciate out of this? Because my son likes to feel like um, he's accomplished something. And when he can do the silverware in 28 seconds, and last time he did it in 32 seconds, well, that's even better, you know. So um, mm-hmm. that's where some of that pride comes from. And, gives, and it gives them also a sense, I think when you do the time, regardless of how you set that up, is when you put the time there. It actually also helps in, um, something that we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, in the future, is it helps with kids with goal setting. So they have, you know, so it's realistic mm-hmm. also. hmm you know, as, yeah. and as I'm saying, well, and as I'm saying that, I'm thinking about even getting them to do just to get their to do their chores. Which, um, if you look at the research on family therapy, one of the things that it talks about is that um, things that families fight most about it's actually chores is the thing that families fight most about. <laughs> so, if you can eliminate some of that stress around chores, you'll have a much more peaceful, blissful home. So, um, yeah, one of the ways that Right? So one of the ways that you can do that is, and I'm going to go back to this time thing, is a lot of times kids think things are going to take longer than they will. So when I say, you know, to my kids, can you um, clean up your room, for example, which isn't very specific, so it's not, you want to use more, you typically use more specific um, language than that. But if I say that to them, you know, I definitely get a lot of disgruntled 
um, behavior. But ultimately, I'll say, like, I bet it won't even take you five minutes, which is true. And they, but they, the way it feels to them is like it takes five hours. And so we set a timer mm-hmm. just to prove, look, that's all it took. So sometimes it's, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, you know, getting them to perceive it from a different way. Exactly. And I think going back to, like, even even with um, helping around the house and um, how many things little, little kids are capable of helping with. And, yeah. you know, it just, I, I think what really opened my eyes, and, and like Jody said, I, I have to admit, when my kids were little, they were not good helpers at all. But but I don't <laughs> blame that on them. I don't think I presented it well. Um, you know, there's a couple different factors. I was a stay-at-home mom for a number of years and kind of thought, oh, well, I'll just do it myself, which yep. in the long run, I, I didn't think of the big picture and how it would play out with them. But um, um, so I think the thing that really opened my eyes was when I was um, I was the mental health consultant for a um, a, a federal preschool program and I'd go into each classroom and, and do do my observations and stuff and the first time that I was in there um, they had these little three year olds and three and four year olds and they all had jobs and yeah. meals and I remember saying like seeing the teeniest tiniest little kids and they would have their job and they knew they would match their you know match their their job card up with the picture so they knew what they were supposed to do and then they would they would set the table they would put the plates down they would fold the napkins they would um just all the the jobs that go along with serving a meal and i was i was like oh my gosh that is so amazing and these kids were so proud of the job that they did um just in folding a napkin but putting it on you know a certain side of the plate and and um and I thought to myself, "Wow, I really, I really underestimated my kids when they were little." <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you share that because, um, you know, that that it is really like a, 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 an important part of getting your kids to help is to picking what they can do. So, like a two-year-old could put napkins on the table. I might not want them to set the glasses or the knives on the table, but they can help by putting napkins on the table. Um, you know. So oh, exactly. Like, yeah, it's creative thinking about what they can do that's age appropriate to them. Now, the other part of this is um, is you have to, and I think you alluded to this, June, in, in talking about like you didn't really let your kids help because you did it. You know, like I'm going to do it myself, kind of thing is that um, you have to let go as parents or as a teacher, whatever your role is with the children that you're working with, that it has to be done your way. You have to yeah, let go Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, because otherwise, uh, and I, I'll tell a personal story, which um, my my mom would probably not be thrilled that I'm telling it, but <laughs> she, I have an awesome, awesome mom. I will give an example of when she wasn't at her most awesomeness. So... Um, <laughs> So I um, was not a big fan of helping out inside the house growing up. I liked helping out outside. So I loved raking leaves. I liked to pull weeds, things like that. At least that's how I remember it. And um, But the inside the house stuff, that really, my sister really was uh, much more of the helper inside the house. And one of the things that I never really helped with was laundry. But I one day I 
guess I was feeling kind of motivated, and I knew there was a load of uh, towels in the dryer. So I emptied the dryer, I put the towels on the table, and I folded the entire load of towels, which um, was actually a really big deal for me. I was not super helpful in that way. Well, my mom came home from work and refolded the towels because I folded them in half, and she likes them folded in thirds. And I remember I probably was about 12, 13 years old saying, I'm never doing that again. That's it. And I never did oh. because... Because it was like the help it wasn't appreciated. It. Yeah, it was corrected, right? Yeah. yeah. And one one of the things we know from working with kids is that when you correct them, or um, it, that doesn't feel very good to them. So, so you know, if you want kids to continue to help, when they put the napkins on the table, for example, if they put them on the wrong side or they fold them differently than you fold them, that's, <laughs> you got to be cool with that. Yeah, exactly. And even when, um, and even to have things, um, if we're talking about in the home or or even at in a, in a preschool, wherever it is, to have things within reach for children to kind of make things. Um, you know, I didn't even think when my kids were little of putting like certain like snack items at their level where when we get home from the store they could, um, you know, they could they could help me unpack the bags, and I only. Kind of, it, it seems so simple, but it only dawned on me when I saw my my little granddaughters helping helping their mom put things away. And their my daughter in law has done an amazing job because she has the most helpful kids, and they're only almost five and almost three. And yeah. I thought to myself, "Wow, I didn't even think of that." And just having you know, even putting their clothes away. If if they're, you know, if you want them to put their clothes away, okay, have the drawers, like, down low enough where kids can reach them. So you have to kind of make your environment kid-friendly where they're able to do this these things that you'd like them to do, um, but uh, without much hassle. Yeah, and I think, um, and that just brings up another thing that um, kids feel when they are able to help is capable. And, I mean, isn't that something we want to be able to give to our kids is they feel capable. They're not going to go ahead and, and maybe even sure of themselves. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to take that out a little further, is if I feel as a child capable and sure I know how to do something, then I'm likely to take the good risk of trying to do something even more than that, uh, you know. Uh, so, I mean, mm-hmm. I really do think, and, and you'll see that in kids when they do something like that, you know, and you know, the example you give about putting their clothes their clothes away, June, it's a terrific example, but we have to do our part, which is, like, if those clothes are put away in the drawer, and this, I, this, I'm working on this personally, so this is, it really hits home. <laughs> if, those, if those clothes are put away in the drawer, not the exact way that I would like them or that you would like them, then you, you have to let that go else the kids aren't going to do it, you know. So it's very important that you have that. And and I think you can also be, this is where your creativity is going to really come into play. Be creative about what they can help with. Like if the, if a job is like watering the plants and you just, you fill, you know, you fill up the watering can for them, but to tell them this is, this is your plant to water. You know, I mean, I think that you, 
you can really be creative about what you do. It you can set things to um, music. You can make a game out of you, a, a game out of things. We make a game out of. We still do. My kids are nine and thirteen out of matching socks. So we have this. I don't even know how this happens. <laughs> I mean, I, if somebody can explain to me how this happens, that would be terrific. But you know, we have this huge basket, like its own separate laundry basket of all these mis- mismatched socks, and so. It gets to a certain point, and then we uh, we dump them, and we uh, and we actually have a contest who can make up the most matching tops out of all the mm-hmm. matches that you know that we have. So it's bringing a sense, you know, bringing a sense of fun to it, allowing your children to feel capable, um, you know. And yeah. and I love when you were talking about um, your observations at that preschool because, like you said, these are three year olds that are setting the table, that are helping. Some of them are just three, just three. Yeah. I mean, when you look at someone who, a little little, um, a little child who just turns, who has just turned three is a very little child, <laughs> a very little <laughs> child. And to be doing these jobs and to know this is the system and to see the look on their face, they think this is the greatest thing. And yet it's done without, okay, there's no reward here. You know, this is right. as far as like, um, you know, a, a material reward. The reward is that they feel good about themselves. So I, I, you know, I think that's that's probably another show completely to talk about. You don't need, like, um, you you know, you want it to become like from within and not and not um, because of any external reward. And that really is possible. Yeah. Well, and and again, they like the the reward is that they feel good about themselves. They feel good about what they've contributed to their you know community yeah. and the class. This sense. So some things. Let's talk about some things that definitely aren't going to work if you're trying to get your kids to be helpers. One of those is demanding that they help, <laughs> because then at mm-hmm. that point it's not it's not really help. It's something else, and so it that puts everybody, including you as a parent or the teacher. Um, regardless of what role you have with a child, that puts that puts this whole like power dynamic um, that's already there with kids into the mix that doesn't need to be exaggerated. So demanding mm-hmm. or um, help, and then I, I'll just contribute one more, and then I'll see what um, else you want to add. June is um, I also think threatening. If you don't help, blah, you know, with this, then right. this is going to be consequence. So. If you right. can turn that around and say, like, I'd really like your help with this, you know, and the, talk about the um, intangible consequence of that. Like, I'd really like your help with this. If you help me with the weeding, then we can get done faster, and you know, and um, then I'll have time to do this with you, I'll have more time to, right. you know, play with you. So, so if you, right. can, if you don't threaten and and change. In there, <laughs> if you don't <laughs> and alternatively flip that on its head and bring out what what will, good will come out of it, um, that can be very um, help it work too. So you don't want to threaten, you don't want to demand. What other don't um, have you noticed that either did work for you or don't work with some of the parents we consult with? Um, don't just assume that they won't be able to do it. I think. There are certain things they can help with, but initially they may be, need to be taught how to do it. And so, like teaching, um, you know, teaching possibly <laughs> probably should should be done at a time when you're not rushed and you don't need it done right then and there. 
um, you know, kid, I'm teaching kids to dress themselves. My granddaughters could dress themselves before they were two years old. They were so awesome at it. But, you know, yeah. if you're in a hurry to get out the door, that's not the time to kind of, like, be, um, you know, teaching them how to do it. They need time to right. be taught when it's not in a rush situation, and then they can, they'll be able to do it themselves at other times. So it'll, to allow enough time. Yeah, that that's such a good example too. Is that that how time plays a factor in that? If my mom would have taught me how, how to fold the towels, and P.S. I fold my towels in thirds now. But anyway, if my mom just like <laughs> mom would have um, but if my mom would have taught me that, then that could have you know um, on the outset, then that could have prevented that. Like really, I mean, I'm I'm 43. For me to you know go back 30 years and say that that you know tell this tell that story it had an impact on me so if you want something you know done a particular way like um you know if i say i really want you guys to um and talking to both my kids i want you guys to clean the kitchen counters or clean off the kitchen counter i i need to show them what i mean or take the time to do that so so a big part of this and it goes back to something we talk all the time about here on traditionally well-being kids is um is communication, and so how and how are you going to show your kids um, how how you want them to help you or give aids? Like um, June talked about in the preschool, they had you know a job chart with pictures because those kids weren't readers yet. So uh, June, we're almost out of time. <laughs> oh my gosh, we were Gabby again. I know it. Um, anything else you want to leave our listeners with before uh, we go for today? I'm sorry, did you say, is there anything else I want to add? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I probably have a million things to say, but in I, I, in, in a couple of seconds, just don't un- underestimate and um, and be patient. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's, that's actually the perfect w- way to, to end this, is that um, let your kids show you how they can shine. And helping is one of those ways that you can do that. Um, And so if you give them, children are naturally, you know, super creative at solving problems. And this gives them an opportunity to do that. So do that and be patient as they figure out how to be helpful. And maybe lastly, be appreciative, overtly appreciative and grateful of their help. Say, thank you so much um, for helping and tell your kids, how that makes you feel. Thank you so much for helping. You just made my life a lot easier. I feel relieved. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, We really appreciate your support and have a beautiful day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.